The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Well, the largest drug seizure in the history of the state has just happened. Total of more than two tonnes of suspected cocaine with a street value of more than €157 million. And of course, the cargo ship in question has yet to be fully searched. So there is scope for that number, both of those numbers to increase. Gardaí have said today that about 25 people were on board, but that they can't at this stage comment on the possibility of further arrests. Here's Assistant Guard Commissioner Justin Kelly earlier today explaining where the drugs came from. This product uh, was supplied by a South American cartel, um, one of the murderous cartels that are behind um, the cocaine shipments into Europe. Now with us is Cahal Berry, Dr. Cahal Berry, who is an independent TD for Kildare South and of course a former commanding officer in the Army Ranger Wing, which was so central to that interdiction. But before we talk to Cahal, we're joined as well by Duncan Bullivant, who is Chief Executive Officer of the Henderson Risk Group in the UK, himself a former British Army officer. And there is a great degree of um, sort of congratulations, mutual congratulations among the um, entities involved in this, Duncan, whether that be the Irish Army and the Ranger Wing, the Naval Service, Customs and Excise and the police. Looking at it from across the Irish Sea, is that sense of pride and satisfaction well-founded? Would you regard this as an exemplar of a well-run operation? I think when it comes to execution of uh, an interception and a boarding at sea and a successful um, capture and and confiscation of, of, of drugs of this magnitude uh, in probably slightly unknown circumstances, it's a major feather in the cap um, for Ireland. And I think all of those involved in this operation deserve a huge amount of credit. It's complicated, it's very difficult and very dangerous. And these organised groups, um, large groups, this is a huge shipment, uh, are always armed and and willing to use violence. So I think, yeah, from that point of view, massive congratulations to 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 a, 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 t- a good team effort. But of course, it comes at the end of what has probably been a painstaking process of of intelligence and signals interception and and tracking uh, over probably over many weeks and months. In terms of the scale of the shipment, I suspect there were people who still thought that the smuggling of drugs was done using mules in and out of airports and it was tucked in suitcases. When you look at two and a half tonnes of cocaine on one ship and the possibility of there being more, does it suggest that many people greatly underestimate the scale of global drug drug trafficking? Uh, The use of cocaine, it would appear this is cocaine. Uh, The use of cocaine... Uh, in Europe, in the UK in particular, has gone through the roof in the last couple of years. Uh, we know that various groups, particularly Eastern European groups, are trying to establish um, Ireland as 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 a as another major market. Clearly, as a smaller population, but Ireland has a thirst for the product too. Um, it doesn't stop product going from Ireland to to the UK, and it doesn't stop stuff going from the UK to Ireland as well. But the point is the demand is is one is 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 increasing um, throughout um, uh, northern Europe, and supply is 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 unabated as well, despite billions of dollars having been spent uh, over over a number of decades to try and reduce the the production um, in 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 Latin America. Final thing uh, before I let you go, um, Duncan. I, I, when you look at this interdiction, it was obviously a very successful one. Uh, 
And it was Ireland who was responsible for, and it was the Irish Defence Forces who were responsible for um, seizing the, the two vessels involved. But we did that with, at the moment, two operational naval cutters to patrol what is one of the largest areas of sea owned by any European uh, Union member state or any uh, European state. Is that a, a, a viable um, level of uh, military and naval capacity for the kind of role that we're trying to play? Look, it's got to be commensurate with, with Ireland's ability to pay for it. And there's, there's, no, there's no point in, in buying more hardware. And I think there are plenty of arguments that have been made over the last couple of years in Ireland that, that more needs to be spent on, on, on coastal defence and coastal patrolling. Um, but there's no point in, 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 in breaking the budget uh, just, just to achieve uh, that through vanity projects. What matters is cooper- international cooperation and coordination. This would appear to be a first-rate example of that because the, no one nation can do this all on their own. But what I, what I would also say um, for, for, a, for a small, proud nation that produces the world's finest rugby team, uh, Ireland has, has pulled off a complex operation, probably with limited resource, and, and has demonstrated how it should be done. So it's, 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 it's a great achievement. Duncan, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. That's Duncan Bullivan, CEO of the Henderson Risk Group in the UK and former British Army officer. Uh, Carl Berry, independent TD for Kildare South, former commanding officer within the Army Ranger Wing. Duncan talked about it being obviously a, an interagency operation involving a lot of police and security forces both around Europe and around the world. It was also the model of a successful operation for interagency cooperation within Ireland. Yeah, very much so. And uh, that's to be commended as well. Um, definitely a, a quality multi-agency operation. And what's a big takeaway for me is that while a lot of people are getting credit here, and I know you passed comment on as well, I think it's fantastic. There's no one-upmanship at all being displayed by any of these individual agencies. It's definitely a, a, a true team effort. And it's very, very important that everyone gets the, the recognition they so, they so rightly deserve. You having served in the Rangers, as you look at the kind of operation that it was, was it a particularly challenging one? Was it well executed? Yeah, very particularly challenging. I mean, just look at the, the air core dimension. I mean, what an incredible feat of flying and, and airmanship. Like no, no sane pilot would fly their helicopter 14 nautical miles off the coast to position that helicopter between two steel beams um, on treacherous seas um, with a captain of a ship who's trying to do the nautical equivalent of a, of a handbrake turn. And if you look at the, the video footage, the hover is perfect. He didn't flinch an inch. And uh, I mean, that just shows the, the quality of, of the people we have. And it's, it's very, very, it's very good for the confidence of the assault group as well. The, the team that's going forward that, you know, you have such quality people uh, hovering over your head. And he delivered his payload, his people basically, precisely in the right location. And it really sets the, the mission off to a, to a good start. How does the, the Ranger Wing train for something like that? Because I assume there has to be a balance between a realistic enactment of a dangerous scenario and not unnecessarily putting soldiers in crazy risk in a training scenario. Yes, it's, it's always a balance. And the GAA All-Stars have this excellent phrase. They, they say that games are won when no one's watching. And the emphasis is training before a major contest. And uh, the, the Ranger Wing and the Air Corps in particular, particularly the, the heli, heli, helicopter squadron, they have an excellent relationship. They're almost like the same unit now at this stage. And that really bared fruit um, uh, yesterday when, when the assault went in. The, actually, if you just go back to the pilots, the, the, the NASA astronauts in Houston, they've actually a, a great term for that attribute. They call it having the right stuff. 
And I think we can say with confidence now, or even certainty, that, that our military pilots are, are excellent and their quality and they're really producing the goods. It, it, I assume it has to be, maybe I'm wrong in this, but for our own special forces and for our pilots in that kind of situation, it, it must be particularly challenging because they rarely get the opportunity to do it for real, or is, does that do them a disservice? So they're they're doing it in very, very realistic scenarios from a training perspective. Again, there's an excellent relationship with, with the commercial ferry companies, Irish ferries in particular. So they train every year doing precisely the same um, scenario, except obviously the captain of the ship would, would be a little bit more compliant. Um, but uh, from, from a rangering perspective, I mean, they, they do fast warping regularly, uh, both in terms of training and in operations as well. Um, they would have done fast warping in East Timor. Anywhere there's a jungle or, or high buildings or where a helicopter can't, can't touch down best, you throw out a rope and you, you slide down the rope just like a, a fireman's pole. And I assume in this instance, speed was of the essence by virtue of the fact that if there were drugs stashed on board, there is a huge incentive of the crew to start flinging them overboard if they see anything coming. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, the beauty of the fast rope. You're actually not connected to anything. So you don't have to unclip afterwards. And it just enhances the, the shock effect. So if you have six or eight or, or ten people uh, moving towards you very, very quickly towards the bridge, it just enhances the shock effect and uh, allows you to overpower the, the crew uh, much much faster speed. Why is it done by the um, Army Ranger Ring from helicopters rather than the Naval Service on fast boats? So normally it would be the Naval Service on fast boats, um, but the sides of this particular freighter, this cargo ship, were so high that it was not possible to do it from, from ribs, basically, is what they call it. So a top attack was deemed the most uh, appropriate, and that's why the helicopter and, and the fast ropes were used instead. The scale of the interdiction is massive in terms of uh, precedent in Ireland. I mean, two and a half tonnes and potentially 150 million euros worth of street value of cocaine is hugely significant. But the fact that it is a cargo ship with tonnes of cocaine would suggest that this is a trade of such vast scale that this isn't going to make much of an impact, or will it? Well, it'll certainly have an impact. Um, again, this is internationally newsworthy um, and it has been picked up by international media and it's certainly been picked up by the, the drug cartels, um, particularly in Europe. Um, so the business model that's used is obviously you pay in advance, you don't pay on delivery. So the drug uh, gangs in Europe and in Ireland would have paid for that money in advance or paid for that drugs in advance. Obviously, a couple of weeks later, then the cartels provide for the shipping. And if that those drugs are seized, which they have been, and there's a big black hole in, in the balance sheet of a number of drugs gangs in Europe, particularly in Ireland at the moment. And they might be able to sustain one of those seizures, but if there's multiple seizures over the next number of years, uh, there's going to be a, a, a big issue for, for drugs gangs. Now, this, you may not know the answer to this, Carl, but do we know whether or not this ship was likely to have been intended to land in Ireland? Because it was going into the traffic separation in, in the English Channel as if it was heading for the UK. So do we know its intended destination? We don't know for sure, but the briefing in Garda headquarters today suggested that the drugs were destined both for Ireland, for the UK and for the European market. They can't say for sure, but that's the general detail. In terms of that question that I put to Duncan, we have two naval vessels of cutter size that are uh, available currently because of staffing. Would you have concerns about our capacity to do proper patrolling, both fisheries patrols and drug interdiction with that level of naval capacity? Absolutely. Look, it's all about maritime presence, even from a deterrent point of view. And to have 300 million euro worth of naval ships, six of them just lying idle inside in Cork, I mean, any of your listeners would recognise that is not normal. Uh, but there is hope. Uh, I mean, the, the National Cyber Security Centre was a basket case three years ago. This is before the HSC cyber attack. But in fairness to the current government, for all their imperfections, they've totally turned around. They've doubled the budget of the National Cyber Security Centre, doubled the headcount given them a new premises. So it just shows it can be done. And, and to me, the, the, 
the, the HSE cyber attack was the epiphany moment for the state from a cyber domain point of view. I think yesterday was the epiphany moment for the state from a maritime perspective. And we should use the model of what was done at the National Cyber Security Centre and uh, replicate that for the Naval Service. It can be very easily done. And Duncan was right. We don't need massive amounts of money at all. We actually have the hardware. So, in effect, we've done the hard bit. It's the easy bit that's letting us down as four million a year is required to totally regenerate the Naval Service. One final thing, um, Carl. When this was being planned, I assume there would have been a whole load of agencies who would have been involved from several different countries. Would there have been any wariness about Ireland being the lead uh, agency given the apparent, la- the co- comparable lack of resourcing for our naval service and defence forces compared to, for instance, the UK or France or whoever else might have coastlined this boat was passing. Yeah, well, as a general rule, proximity is a, obviously a major advantage. And because we're so close to Irish territorial waters, just 14 nautical miles is just slightly outside it. Uh, obviously, Ireland would take precedence. So we can handle uh, a significant operation uh, a few nautical miles from our main naval base in Cork but if that incident, if there was a number of instances happening simultaneously, 200 miles uh, off the coast, that would be a different scenario entirely. I lied. One final thing. What does the Army Ranger Wing do to celebrate? Because they're very proud of their anonymity. So I, I assume they can't stride into a pub in Kildare and say drinks are on us, lads. I'd say there's no jubilation at all. I'd say they're probably focusing on their next job. In fact, they're probably on it right now. And these, these guys are like really humble heroes. They're just focusing on, on the next job, next task and um, making sure that they're just relieved that there were no casualties and that when Ireland called, they, they produced the goods. Carl Berry, thank you very much. That is Carl Berry, who is, of course, independent TD for Kildare South and himself a former commanding officer in the Army Ranger Wing. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.